Nathan Capisser. And I'm Craig Lewis. Thanks for tuning in to our 4th of July special. Uh, today we're going to be taking a look at the 16th president. Abraham Lincoln. Sweet 16. And before we get into talking about Mr. Lincoln, we just want to take a few seconds to remind everybody that a very big event's taking place this year. Uh, the American people will be electing a new president. This November, somebody different may be running this country, or the same person may be running this country. Is that, is that how elections or go? Or a third option. Or a third option. Unknown third option. But I already said somebody different. That was my second option, was just somebody different. <laughs> yes, I'm saying, what would that third option be? It could be somebody different. The it could be the same person. Or I guess nobody would be the only possible third option. Do you think nobody? Anarchy. <laughs> well, just, just for the sake of conversation, I'm trying to decide what would that third. I was only joking, but now I'm curious. What would that third option be? The only third option could be nobody. no government. Do you think? Do you think they would <laughs> wait till election day for that? And the, the winner is uh, nobody. Everybody in the streets like no I'm one the president. <laughs> we had a turnout of zero this election year. Not one person voted. They did, the candidates didn't even vote. Why didn't the can? Why didn't Barack Obama vote for himself? He thought it was a sure thing. He's like, oh, it's in the bag. Yeah. But on some serious shit, the American people will be electing a new leader this fall. And if you're listening to us in America and not because you're visiting, then that means you are part of that. Now, I'm not the type of person to tell everyone to vote. I don't think everybody should vote. I think people that think there's a candidate that represents them that are informed on the issue should vote. I agree. The last thing you need is somebody just going out there and voting because their favorite celebrity told them that's who they should vote for. Yeah, or with, their friends no think a certain way, or they, they heard that that's the popular opinion. Or I advise everybody to try to vote, but only vote if you know what you're voting for. Don't be a parrot. Yeah. just because, And especially don't be an owl parrot, because if you listened last time, they're really cool looking, but you'll have a strange attraction to human heads. Don't be an owl parrot. So that's, the, that's the slogan this campaign season. Fair point. Don't be an owl parrot. Don't be an owl parrot. That's our campaign. Unless you're an owl parrot, in which case be proud of being an owl parrot. Like, fuck yeah, cockapos. Keep going. We hope you get your numbers up there. We need more owl parrots in the I world. I want eventually but we don't own one. need human owl parrots. I want to eventually own one as, as a pet, so you guys need to multiply very quickly. Yes, for <laughs> God's sakes. Stop sleeping with people. Stop trying to sleep with people. It's not going to work out. They're out of your league. Just start sleeping with other owl parrots. And people, don't be owl parrots. Owl parrots, don't be people. People, don't be owl parrots. If you're a furry, no judgment. Just be proud of what you are. Remember, it's a costume. So, really, familiarize yourself just a little bit with the people that are trying to become president of this country. And familiarize yourself with the issues that are important to these people, the issues that are important to the majority of people that are going to be voting for them. If one of these people represents you and what you think and how you feel, then by all means, register to vote if you're not registered. When's the cutoff, Craig? The cutoff is in October? Yes. By all means, get out there and register to vote. If you, don't, if you think they're all full of shit, make yourself heard. Don't vote for somebody that you don't like. If you think it's more important to vote for somebody that you don't like so someone else doesn't win, do it. That's your prerogative. But if you think they're all full of shit, make yourself heard because that's the only way you're going to get a candidate to represent what you think is if people like you get out there and make themselves heard. The whole reason right now that like Marvel Comics is jumping on the bandwagon and had two dude X-Men marry each other and the Nabisco released this week a or last week a uh, – Oreo campaign with like a rainbow Oreo is because it's suddenly politically correct and safe to do so because enough people have come out and made themselves heard on that issue that but they can make a business decision to do that and okay, represent those people. What I'm saying is if you if something is important to you, make yourself heard because that's the only way that you will have candidates to represent you is by doing it yourself is by making it known that there are people that feel the way that you feel. Well put. I wish I could add stuff to that, but you pretty much said it all right there. I agree with you. Don't be an owl parrot. Make yourself heard and only vote for the person that you feel has your best judgment. And may I say, can we actually get some of those giant rainbow Oreos? Have you seen this ad? I haven't. Are, do they exist? It's, I mean, It's like a eight-layer Oreo, and each layer is a different color of the rainbow. It's, it's obviously to support gay pride Oreo? or something, or cast their support for the gay community. So this has nothing to do with politics. 
This is just me saying that looks like a delicious fucking Oreo. Are they flavored differently? Like is, It's is not a real color? Oreo, Craig. I'm saying I wish it was. That's what I wish. I wish they were flavored differently. And that would real. be awesome. That would be so awesome. Okay, I thought you were saying that they were making these Oreos. It's an ad for Nabisco to be like, we are behind gay marriage, and we support these rights. Why? Because it's good for business. Let's keep everything clear. They're doing it because it's good for business because it is suddenly a safe environment for them to do that, and that would get them support. They are a business. That's why they're doing it. I think it's great, but let's be real here. Like I said, there's a reason DC turned one of their comic characters gay. Marvel had two X-Men characters marry each other. Archie had two characters marry each other. Nabisco's doing this. It's because it is suddenly the thing to be behind. And that's great. Good for Good them for getting them. involved in the issues. But let's be that's real awesome. here. They're not fooling us. The, we know you still just want our money. And at least my money. Make some goddamn eight-layer rainbow Oreos. Shits would be delicious. At least, at least they know they have an ear to the ground on what's going on with life. What's going on with society, how to stay good, but we know you're doing it for our money. I don't know if you know this, but while I, I was milling around the Twitter, my Twitter account, I saw that there's a new album coming out. A new album coming out? A photo well, album? Kind of an album. Music album. Donald Glover has a new mixtape coming out. Ah, yes. July 4th. He's got a release date now. I didn't realize that. July 4th. July 4th. That's today. That's today-ish. That will be today. He is an amazing rapper. The thing, the reason why I like him so much is because he's real. He raps about how he feels. I'm always going to support Donald Glover's music, Childish Gambino. Check out the website, IamDonald.com. Keep yourself posted. Today when you hear this, or it will be out by the time you hear this, so give it a listen. Yeah, Donald Glover, as you are aware, is, is one of my favorite rappers. He's, well, he's known as Childish Gambino is his rapper name. He's known as Donald Glover. As he's on the show Community, he wrote for Thirty Rock. Um, he's he had a done it all. He's got a YouTube channel, uh, Derek Comedy. He was involved in that group. That's kind of how he got his start. He's he's had TV specials on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, stand up specials. Yes, yes. Um, and yeah, I think he's I think he's great. Now I will say there's some things that he does that irritate me in in his songs. Um, Are you talking about? But the. <sighs> The raspy, like, kind of, yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of when he does that. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of when he gets overly, like, crudely sexual. Like, I don't have, like, I'm not a prissy, like, prude. Like, I, I obviously, you know, I don't mind sex in songs or anything. You know what, I, you know what I'm saying. Like, he, he gets vulgar. Talking about fucking girl on her period or something. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, okay, I'm not 14. So I can get behind that, but as far as, like, the raspy, it fits his character. It's it's personality just swaying through. He's like you said, he's yeah. he's being true to himself, and that's what's important. And he's not necessarily being disrespectful or misogynist. You know what I mean? He's he's not usually at least. I, I don't think he disrespects women. He's he's just talking about the type of sex he likes to have. Yeah, which is also like yo, I could care less about other people's sex lives. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, it's just like, this is me. Yeah, this my own is own's enough. Like trying to deal with. I don't need anybody. I else's love women. In my business. <laughs> But that's that's cool. I I uh, been I have been eagerly awaiting this mixtape, and I had no idea that he set a date to it. I'm definitely gonna have to download that and check it out. It is being released for free on the internet, correct? Uh, I believe so at, on his website. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I believe he's released a few songs that are gonna be on that, or maybe they were just songs to release. But I think they're gonna be on the mixtape. Uh, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Have you heard about there's this new show that premiered on uh, HBO? this past Sunday uh, called Newsroom. Newsroom? Is that what it was? I've seen buzz on the internet about the show coming out. I have not seen it. I don't really know what it's about. I just figured it was about a bunch of people in a newsroom that <laughs> yeah, work at a news station. That's accurate. Is it um, like a comedy or is it more of a drama? It's definitely a drama. It's got Jeff Daniels as the star, like the main character. It's basically an hour because there's no commercials on HBO. A straight hour of people yelling and screaming at each other. That Jeff Daniels acting like Jason Lee acted in every movie in the 90s. Like, Chasing Amy. Imagine his scenes in Just Chasing Amy. Everybody giving speeches, mini speeches. Mini speeches in screaming form. <laughs> so, it's, what, is it just people that work in a newsroom together yelling at each other? Yes. 
Yes, they're scre- they're screaming at There's each no other. There's no on air. Yelling doesn't do it justice, Craig. They're screaming. <laughs> I hate when people say I'm screaming when I'm yelling. <laughs> There's a difference. They were definitely screaming. Well, what about hollering? They were hollering, hooting. <laughs> they were, and you were uh, speeches. You nailed it, yo. This lady walks into Jeff Daniels' office and she's like, "Is this not America? Do we not have a responsibility to like?" I'm not. I don't remember the words, but like, like it was a written speech. She she walks in deadpan, like delivering this like epic like speech that's supposedly off the cuff her trying to convince him to make a certain type of show to make his show more so that was what the whole show was just was it enjoyable would you want to watch it again never never in my life it was bad it was bad the theme song was the cheesiest cornball piano like dude you would have sworn this was a show in the 80s a drama in the 80s on it was like dallas it was so like a dallas opening cheesy over the top the 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 dialogue was over the top and ridiculous people do not talk that way they were they were screaming at each other always it was like yo these people need to find a new job tone it they're down gonna, they're all gonna die of a heart attack by how old is jeff daniels i'm surprised he made it that far his character he made it through the whole episode somehow I, just yelling and getting yelled at and hollering and well i mean if screaming. that's the way they live like half the rest of the cast is all like in their 20s or 30s and they're going to die before they're 40 or 50. This dude, I'm surprised Jeff Daniels made it as far as he did, however old that motherfucker is. Maybe and he dies this season. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if every actor involved with this show like died of a heart attack by 40. Like this, Just performing this, like, oh my God, it was just people screaming at each other. Which, It really inspired you know, me to is, take this podcast in a different direction. Is everything people want. People want you to just feel the emotion. It doesn't need to be this way. Well, that's one of the reasons I love, like, Chasing Amy. And, like, I brought up Jason Lee's one of my favorite actors. But, like, there's a limit. There's only one Jason Lee in that movie, for one. And he's really likable and fun. And this was just a bunch. It was like it was like the supporting cast of Dr. House or Grey's Anatomy or something like that. Like, one of those, you know, like, all these pretty 20-year-olds, like that work in a newsroom like unrealistically like screaming at each other like yo you guys are in a work environment i know we all like everyone's seen like people break down and scream especially high profile people but like this is ridiculous screaming constantly like i every day every day yeah you go to work for it you want to put a bullet in my head rapple 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 i know what you mean though so I'm, i'm guessing jeff bridges it would have been way better with jeff bridges what about bo bridges uh Nah, we're, I'm gonna stick with Jeff Bridges here. Now I feel like I'm just being a dick to Jeff Daniels. I think he created this show too, so I'm not trying to be a dick, a dick, Jeff Daniels. You're pretty cool. You've been cool in some movies. I don't got any problems with you. I think your show sucks. Just being honest. That's no problems whatsoever. Just being honest. I like you, but it's an awful show. You don't. You could stop yelling any time. I think he's gonna die by the end of the show, though, right? They're probably gonna work that in. He Wouldn't has a be heart attack. Stick if he didn't. I mean, it's I've seen some unreal, some people getting up and walking away from some unrealistic things in television and movies that would kill a normal man. But I don't know about this. That lifestyle, yelling every day for 30 years. A heart attack or, or he's going to fucking eat a bullet. <laughs> like, it, there's no way. There's no way you can go into work to that every day. So it was very cheesy. And it was cheese galore, yes. Well, speaking of cheese. Cheese. Speaking of cheese, I got a little bit of horror cheese news, if you're interested. I'm always interested in horror cheese news. Well, some of us thought this movie series was stupid. Some of us really enjoyed it, the whole Child's Play series. They are rebooting it. Well. (laughs) It's going to be direct DVD. At least there's that part. Oh, God, it's going to be horrible. It's (laughs) I was I was like, it could go either way until you said direct to DVD. It's going to be awful. Well, maybe it might at least save us from seeing Cedar Chucky in theaters. Don't remind me that I did that. Now, here's my opinion. Before you told me direct to DVD, I was like, you know what? If done by competent writers and directors, uh, this could be pretty cool. But I've seen the way that Chucky's gone and it hasn't been good. I didn't like Bride of Chucky. I didn't like Seed of Chucky. How many were there between the first one and Bride of Chucky? Two. Two? It was Child's okay. Play 1 through 3, 
Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. Okay, see, I don't remember. I, I've only seen them all like once. And they have, my life. they have gotten bad. I liked the first three. I liked the first two a lot, and the third one was okay. And I just I couldn't get into Bride of Chucky. It was just so stupid. Oh my god, so stupid. But they were thinking about doing another sequel. The director Don Mancini or Mancini said he didn't want to do a sequel. He wanted to get back to the roots, so he was going to reboot it. And he's looking for a, even a darker, scarier tone for the reboot than the first one was. What has he directed in the past? Tell me some of his previous projects. He directed Cedar Chucky. I had no idea I was, I was walking right into a setup when I asked you that. He wrote Bride of Chucky. No. He was a writer. He's been a writer on all, on all the Child's and, Plays. And he's rebooting Child's Play as a direct-to-DVD. He's been a writer on every single He's been movie. a writer on every Child's Play. Child's Play 1, Shame two, on him. Three. Remove this man from the project. He was a producer on, C, or on Bride, and then he directed Seed. And now he wants to reboot it, darker and edgier, direct-to-DVD. Has he done anything that's not Child's Play? Like, because sometimes, like, I hate Joe Johnston for killing Jurassic Park, but he's made some cool fucking movies. He wrote for one episode of Tales from the Crypt in 1990. And other than that, he's only been involved with Child's Play. Yeah, somebody needs to remove this man from the project. You, you put in your hard work. Good on you for fucking helping create a horror icon and making a few great movies. <laughs> but, like, enough. Enough already. I don't trust you to make a direct-to-DVD Chucky movie. He at least got Brad Dorff to come back for, Ch- for Chucky. So there's I the only him. ray of light in this. He's done good. He has done what, good. What crap they've Chucky. given him to work with. The only problem I get with it is even in the 80s, yeah, the first one had some scary moments and it was darker, but it was still so aware of how corny the idea is. So if you take all of that away, what's left? A serious movie well, about also, a killer doll. I mean, it's also scary. Like, it gets corny when you actually have to show the doll doing it. A lot of horror movies, they fail when you see the, the killer. When it's still in that phase where you don't know. Like, that is scary. Like, when I was a child, the idea of a killer doll, seeing a doll, if I, if I was, like, staying the night at a friend's house and I woke up and looked and saw a doll laying there, like, when that, you that were a child. Out. Well, yeah, when I was a child. Are you How many adults are really scared when they go to horror movies? That's what I'm saying. You take the camp and fun out of it and just make it as if it was The Exorcist, you know? A completely serious tone movie that should have some camp for the fact that we're talking about a killer doll. So uh, the adults that are going to see it aren't like, really? C- come on, at least make this fun. The problem is they lost the balance throughout the series. Yeah, because I don't – a lot of people might complain that, like, the Chucky movies were too comedic or the, uh, they're campy. But, like, that wasn't what bothered me about, like, when I went to see See the Chucky in theaters, for example, which I'm ashamed to say I did. It was bad. It wasn't that they turned it funny. If they wanted to turn it funny and, like – and have it be more centered on him and his wife or whatever. That would have been cool, except that it was just so bad. The celebrity cameos were nauseating. They were horrible. It was like, like yeah, they were it was obviously setting up bad jokes. It was just like it wasn't entertaining at all. Going to a comedy club on a horrible night with amateurs. Well, you know what? I'll watch this new straight to DVD movie with you when it comes out, Craig, and we'll tell everybody how horrible or awesome it was. Sounds on this like podcast. a plan. Do you want to go to the theaters to see it or wait till it comes out on DVD? Trick question. I almost got gotcha. you. Almost. But that's, uh, I think it's scheduled for 2014, so we got a ways to go. 2014? That's yeah. cool. I can wait. I don't want to get too patriotic here. I don't have it in me. How many presidents can you say historically was president? 44. There was a second part to that. And and changed the fabric of our history. Changed the whole course of our history. How many? How many? Just the facts. Born in Kentucky on February 12th, 1809, Abraham Lincoln was the 16th and arguably the most popular president of the United States. Best known for quelling the American Civil War and putting an end to slavery, as well as for having a totally awesome beard. His upcoming second term was cut short when he was assassinated on April 15th, 1865. That's it. That's all you need to know. Have a good night. Thank you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
that is a very good just the facts. I can't believe his life was cut short. It's tragic. You didn't know short. that? I, I did know that. Okay. <laughs> Look, I did I mean, know. It's a rare. Not a lot of people know. It's like it's cool. I also know that he was born. Did you? Not yes. a lot of people are born. All are born, but most never live. My politics are short and sweet like the old woman's dance. That's one of my favorite quotes by Abraham Lincoln. Fan of that quote, huh? He's an awesome president. He was a badass. He was super strong, super intelligent. He was compassionate. He was as close person. as we got to superheroes. He was the only president to hold a patent, which is cool. He a patent on what? He made like uh, inflatable like balloons that could raise a sailboat up out of the water. Or a riverboat. Why don't those... St- oh, they're now, like, above the water, like a hovercraft? I don't know about that. I don't know if it made it hover. Hovercrafts in the 1800s. That's awesome. Abraham Lincoln invented the hovercraft. Just you heard it bunch. here. <laughs> Just giving you facts left and right. So we all heard the story that Abraham Lincoln was born in a log cabin. Yeah, uh, four score and 17 years ago, something like that. That's not at all what... <laughs> What that means, Craig? Um, we're giving we're giving facts, straight facts. Yeah, the he was born in a log cabin. He had a poor upbringing. Very. His father was um, his father an ignorant, illiterate bastard, and proud of it. And beat him. Yep, beat him and made him work for him, and didn't like that he l- wanted to learn to read and pursue like education and and all that, and thought that he was just shirking his responsibilities. There's still some families like that out there today. Yeah, there are. Sadly. But he hated his father. Uh, he said he pretty much treated him like a slave. Well, yeah, his mother was he, – they he watched his mother die at a young age and, like, was stuck he, with just his father. Well, also at that point, by law, you had to stay and work for your father until 21. Yep, you were his property. You were his property. And people are property. That's just weird, you know? Yeah. Other than being able well, to claim them as dependent on your tax sheets. There was – I can't – thanks to um, – Somebody changed that, though. I can't remember who. I'll, I'll look it up. But somebody, Are you kidding me? It's not like that, that anymore? Yeah, people aren't property anymore. Uh, who was it? George W. Oh. Bush, I think. Uh, one no. of our presidents or something changed that. No, but anyway, it was, back. It was Monroe Jackson. I think you might be right. Washington. Monroe Jackson, Washington. I think it was him. Um, but back to, back to Abraham Lincoln. Let's not get off topic. A lot of people know him as uh, Honest Abe. Is that because he can never tell a lie? That's what most people say, but that's not why. That's not how he got the nickname. That's that's mythology. Actually, uh, he got the nickname because uh, when he was younger, uh, he had a reputation as the most impartial man in town, and uh, he was so he was just neutral, super neutral. And he was yeah, he was called upon to judge horse races, and they called him Honest Abe. Hey, Honest Abe, get in here. We're having a dispute about who won this horse race. Hey, like, well, I I will not lie. I will not lie. It was definitely Fluttershy. Yep, that's definitely the one who won. I don't think, was it pony races or horse races, one or the other? Well, the ponies have to become horses at some time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's how he got the name. He's also, like, really uh, strong and honest Pretty much the epitome of what the working man should have looked like at that time. Very intelligent. Had long, lanky arms and legs, like, more so than most people. He's a He was a very remarkable person. Like, there was so much about him that was... A lot of character. There was a, a lot, lot of character. character. He did a lot. Like, he was... And there's this myth of him that's really not like him. Of him. The, that whole image we have... That you see in all in school and everything of this like super patriotic arm this and this and this. I mean, obviously he was patriotic. He ran, ran the damn country, but you know what I mean. Like this flawless, honest. Like he wasn't. He had tons of flaws, and like, but they all served to make him who he was and what he did. You know. Well, he, he did. Like everybody has flaws, Nathan. The his character is misrepresented, I think, in American folklore as and popular culture. What is like this perfect person? Yeah, the character of Abraham Lincoln has evolved to a totally different... Well, he's a symbol now. He's not... Yes. It was not like he was just a president. He's a symbol of our country. But it, it means something to know the man, though. Yeah. He was such a remarkable man that I think it's a disservice to him that more people are not familiar with the real Abraham Lincoln. Which he's definitely a guy I would have wanted to share a cup of mead with. He, he rarely drank. 
I don't know. There was accounts that said he never drank, but he's also quoted as like uh, he was quoted as saying like somebody tell me what kind of whiskey that Ulysses S. Grant drinks because I want to order a barrel for every one of my generals. How cool is that though? I mean, he he's just like yeah, obviously this guy who's kicking some ass, my country likes this whiskey, so turn them all in men, yeah. send them whiskey. They're all gonna be winners. Yeah, and there's no way that we could actually introduce you to the real Abraham Lincoln in in an hour and a half podcast. I wish you know? I knew him. That would be great. He would be, he would be definitely one of the coolest people in history to actually share some time with and, you know, pick his brain and, yeah, get to know him. Even not pick his brain, even just, yeah, hang out, like you said. Have a cup of mead. <laughs> That's um, what they drank then, right? It wasn't uh, beer yet, was it? They drank mead. No, I don't know. I don't know. That's probably completely factually inaccurate. Yeah, I don't know. That that may have been England and not America. He always, like, he had such a sense of humor, too. He would uh, often tell this story that when he was younger, a man, when he lived in Illinois, approached him and gave him this knife as a gift. And he said, I was given this knife for being the ugliest man in the world. And now it belongs to you. And when you find somebody uglier than you, you can give it to them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he definitely knew he wasn't the best-looking guy out there. Well, supposedly the people who wrote about him, like his photographs, he doesn't look like the most, you know, like attractive man, I assume. Like he's, well, he's got, got, a, he's well, got a big he's tall, lanky, lanky, has big ears. huge ears, you know. Funny-looking face. But supposedly, like William Blake was, like, brought to the White House, and he described, like, everyone describes him as, like, photographs and paintings could not do like that his face had so many subtle like movements and and details that like photographs and paintings could not like capture right. and that, that only he was maybe one of the video most, would be like, able to capture amazing like i don't know the video wasn't around then so well, they didn't also, say that also this was <laughs> william blake was quoted as saying only video could capture this why hasn't it been invented yet he grew the beard after the war was uh, when the war started he didn't always have the beard well, a little girl wrote him a letter, asked him to grow a beard. I think it was, I thought it was when he was running for president. He, well, pretty much just like his campaign managers said it would make him look more distinguished. A little girl wrote a letter to him. Or is that just American folklore and that mythology? That might be American folklore. That's not what I heard. I could have sworn it was that a little girl. I mean, that's the story. Maybe that's maybe that's not true. Maybe that is one of those, like, chopping down a cherry tree things. I know that was George Washington. That was George Washington. I'm saying, but, you know, in, in respect to that never really happened. Maybe maybe that is, but that was maybe what I always heard was true. that a little girl wrote maybe him a letter. Maybe it is true, but, you know, then he was backed. They said, oh, yeah, you should do that, you know? Yeah, like she was like, you, <laughs> like I this think little girl's got something here. If you're going to be, like, the president, you should have a beard because most, you know, big, strong, Makes you look manly, have, you know, yeah. respectable. And it did. It almost gave him a different face, you know? It was... Some little girl needs the right to Barack Obama. He that kinda would be dope. He kind of looked like Ichabod Crane a little bit before. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of the beardless Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I mean, he was a cool guy. <laughs> he was a cool guy, but the beard definitely did something. The the, the beard definitely sold it f sold it for you. I love wearing a beard. It, it makes you look. It makes me feel manlier. So I wish I could grow one. He when he was young, the town kind of instigated to set up this wrestling match. Him versus like the town strongman Jack Armstrong. Mick, there's mixed accounts of the fight. So this is what happens when there's no TV or internet. <laughs> yeah, they're like hey, <laughs> the whole town plots fight. to get a wrestling match going on over, over like rumors and. Hey, Lincoln, you're stronger than Jack, aren't you? I don't know. I'm just trying to study. I'm trying to read. Leave me alone. Nah, you're gonna wrestle Jack. We think you're stronger than him. I want to learn. <laughs> There's mixed accounts. Some people say Lincoln won. Some people say Armstrong won. Some people say it was a tie. Um, and I guess the world may never know well, who really won that day. The world knows, but we may never know. There's there's mixed accounts of it. I think it was like if we're in high school, let's say we see somebody get in a fight. And there's then no clear-cut winner. Like, some oh, well. people will be like, yeah, he whooped his ass, sorry. He didn't. He got his ass whooped. You know. And then some people are like, oh, I think they tied. <laughs> There was one story that I did hear about Mr. Lincoln. How pimp do you have to be to be kicked in the head by a horse at nine years old? And just like, be like, yup. He got kicked in the head by a horse at nine? They thought he was dead. And he said, yup. <laughs> that was his reaction? Are you sure that this is his reaction, Craig? His reaction was... <laughs> he fell asleep. <laughs> he fell down and decided to take a nap. 
that that was what happened. But he pulled through. That's he pretty, definitely that's came awesome. out of it. You know, like three days later, he woke up and he's like, "Where's that fucking horse? <laughs> Where's that damn horse? I'll kick his ass." Then he then he doesn't learn well, does he? You got to attack a horse from the front. <laughs> well, remember he did get kicked in the head. Not a fast learner. Yeah, got knocked out. I don't know if that's true or not, but but that's you know one of the myths. I'm damn. surprised you never heard that, but that's pretty boss. You know, to come back from that and be like, "Yup, I'm still learning." I'm still going to be president one day. He's such a badass. At his uh, first speech when he was running for office in New Salem, a fight broke out in the crowd. He looked and he saw one of his supporters getting his ass beat. He jumped off the podium. Well, from behind the podium, I guess. He wasn't on (laughs) He didn't climb up like a wrestler (laughs) and drop a triple elbow or something. Phoebe from a deli fever. He jumped off the stage, ran into the crowd grabbed the dude that was beating his supporter's ass and threw him 12 feet. You think that may have been a little overjudged? I don't know. There's a lot of people there. And he won that election in a landslide, like 200-something to, like, 50. Well, it happened. It was just like I was picturing the whole incident happening in my head in, like, a 2009 action movie trailer. It'd be awesome. It'd be (laughs) so It's like, in a world. It just, like, shows flashes at the crowd. People are like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, just show a flash of him at a podium. And he's just, like, pointing his finger, move, looking at people. And he starts speaking. And then, like, it just, like, flashes. You know, like, get, then, it, like, you hear that kind of, like, kind of drum beat. Boom, boom. And then, like, you just see, like, a punch in the crowd. And everybody around starts scattering. He's still talking. He's like, not on my watch. <laughs> and he just jumps down. And then, like, it cuts away. He's like, this summer. Abraham Lincoln. Doesn't need to kill vampires to be a total badass. The whole world will know who kicked the first ass. The first ass. <laughs> the first Ever. ass of liberty. And George way, Washington movie. He in. did because he was a Republican and he beat the Democratic candidate. I'm not calling Democrats asses, but their <laughs> well, logo, the ass, their logo the is the ass. ass. And the Very <laughs> the good. So and it the works. Republican it logo works. is the okay. in only in theaters. And like he just like shows him chucking the thing, and he's just like. Chucks the, the guy. <laughs> it just shows him chucking the guy like ten feet, and it just pans back to him and close up on his face, and he oh, says, "Damn, you know that." I was I was hoping he was fighting the thing, like from the Fantastic Four. Ben Grimes, no, that would have been really cool. We're going for historical dignity, so he, he's just gonna be accurate, completely. But accurate. like a grindhouse, but like not totally accurate, like a grindhouse movie about Abraham Lincoln. That would be dope. No vampires or zombies or any of that stuff. Nothing. No the thing. Um, just a grindhouse movie about Lincoln. And he's just whooping ass. He's just guts out. Punching people. Cracking skulls. <laughs> driving cars. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know what? No, fuck it. Let's throw some crazy shit in there. Fighting robots, boxing robots in the ring. It shows him building a car out of wood. He punches a dinosaur in the face. Yeah, why not? An herbivore, too. Just to prove. When he shows up on the island, he finds the biggest dinosaur, which happens to be the brontosaurus. He climbs a really big tree, punches in the face. <laughs> now you know I run this place. And I'm well aware that brontosauruses weren't real dinosaurs, but this is a grindhouse film. It was a brontosaurus. Be a, it would be a brontosaurus. I'd watch that movie. Um, it would also maybe have a couple sex scenes in it. Well, I, guess, I guess it would have to. It's a grindhouse movie after all. He did have a couple love interests in his life. Rumors were said that he was deeply in love with Anne Rutledge, Ruthledge, Rut- Rutledge. I don't know. They got together, and it was said that he loved her. They got engaged, and when they got engaged, she came down with typhoid fever, and sh- sadly she passed at the age of 22. <sighs> he had so much misfortune in his life. He, he was, really did. He was really manically depressed as well. Like yeah, they Well, they said that. He never really got over her dying, and that kind of stuck How with him. How could you? You know, and the other woman he was with, he wasn't even attracted to, and she wasn't really attracted to him. This man watched watched his mother die, lived with an abusive father that he had nothing in common with, had, had uh, the whole town trying to get him to fight people <laughs> all the time when he just wanted to read books. He, he was very different. He, he was very intelligent, and they say that intelligent people are unhappier than unintelligent people. Because they're stuck around, and they're stuck around so much stupidity that they can just point out, and nobody listens. And they they understand and see things that other people don't. Sometimes makes you sad. Sometimes makes you happy. And it's a double edged sword. 
and let's face it, when you're growing up in a town like that in that time of history, there was a lot of dumbasses. Like half the village were, were just ignorant fucks. Yeah. You know, like and he he himself only went to school like a year. He had to of actual schooling. He had to teach himself. And I mean, of course, you can't ignore the fact that all around him he saw human beings, people being used as property. Yeah. Like, and, and he correlated abused. that with himself as he felt like uh, obviously he had more rights as he grew up than a slave had. Oh, of course. But he sympathized with him because he knew how it felt. His father know? treated him like his shit. Father his father treated father him just him, like made that. Him, he would make him go not just work on his own farm, but work for other people and bring him back the money. He wouldn't keep a cent of it. And yeah, he he thought it was horrible that anyone would work and not receive anything for it. And not not only that, but they're getting hor- they're treated like not not they're not treated like animals. They're treated like inanimate objects. Yeah, they're not treated. Even animals, to a certain extent, you know, are treated like beings. They're treated like property, straight property, like it's a robot. Horrible. Slavery in any context is wrong, but there have been a lot of... Unless it's in Jabba's palace. No, Craig, that's still wrong. But it was sexy. But wrong, nonetheless. It wouldn't have been sexy if you saw Jabba doing something with her, I guarantee it. Okay, you win this one. But at least we got to see her kill him with a chain. I think all joking aside, we both can agree that slavery in any context is wrong. Absolutely. I would have to. On another level, there has been many cultures that have used slaves, and the um, American and European slave trade of that time was one of the most disgusting, like horrible. Even in ancient Egypt, for example, slaves like... The Jews? In India, like in all sorts of places, slaves were obviously the last person you'd want to be in that culture. But like these were people who had their own homes that were taken, taken from their homes, their families, their cultures, and just thrown into like, and they were, like we said, treated like inanimate objects. Even like, even in cultures like India and Egypt, they were, they were recognized that they were people. They were still treated like property, but like this is, this was, I can't like, it it boggles my mind that so many people could be so deep in such an ignorance that like. That could actually think that's okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I know what you mean. It, it, really stumps me like you know even then they were just like yeah slavery is wrong but there's I still like differences if we talk to abraham lincoln and we're like you were one of the greatest mans in the history of earth you freed the slaves and stuff he would respond kind of like chris rock talking about it he'd be like that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> you know that, that was that wasn't anything special you're supposed to you get you're supposed to free the slaves it was the, the easiest fuck? decision of my life <laughs> But no, um, actually, it's sad that that was such a hard decision to make, even politically. I mean, doing that got him killed. And Well, he, the second he took office, the second newspapers reported that he was elected, death threats were pouring in. The South, um, there were newspapers in the South were telling people to take up arms. The, the, the news publications in the South. And that's also weird, too, that the newspapers, like, promoting killing. They were like, <laughs> take up arms. Abraham Lincoln just got elected. Like, seriously, it was... It's it's it was bad. Yeah. Also, there was a story about him. He had to switch trains in the middle of the night on his way to the White House when he was being sworn in, mm-hmm. because and he had to sneak into the White House. So because of all the death threats, you know. I mean, their businesses, their lives were threatened. Their their and their obviously their values and their sensibilities were fucked. <laughs> you know what really boggles my mind? It's not like even at that time, a lot of the Northerners, their reasons for not wanting slavery weren't the fact that it's morally wrong it was more of a political thing yeah i mean even even down to like the reason abraham lincoln did it and was able to do it he was always against slavery yeah but but what it was 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 a political thing to keep the nation together we can't deny that too yeah um he he did he did he even allowed it he said it was allowed where where the state lies you know if that state says yes then it's allowed i'm not gonna fight you on that because yeah he had to keep and they were still like nope nope Nope. And I mean, there are some allegations that of Abraham Lincoln being racist. I personally think it's baloney because there is so much evidence that he was so disgusted of like with slavery and everything and uh Yeah. And I mean then again you could be you can be racist and still be disgusted with slavery. <laughs> most most racist people aren't cartoonish KKK members. They're they probably are disgusted with slavery and don't realize they're racist. But 
I don't know. It, it is it is a fact that Abraham Lincoln, after the Civil War, had uh, talked about colonizing uh, African Americans. Well, just Africans, I guess at that point, just slaves, just black people, I guess at that point, uh, in other con- like other countries. That's getting them out of America. Yeah, and putting and them back them to settle Africa. their own. Well, he was actually more focused on like Central America and letting them start and settle their own land and everything. Oh, really? Which. Uh, he and it and he is like I guess there's a lot of evidence that he was like look like black and white people aren't going to get along. Now I don't think that necessarily means he thought black and white people can't get along, but he was like look at the way this nation is reacting. Like, right. They're, they like, ki- they're about to kill me because because I said that also you at the time saying the black and white people men. get along with wouldn't get along. You know the white people still want slaves and they can't have them and now they have to recognize them as a person. The black people are like. I was your slave. No, yeah, no, no, no. Like, We're not going to brunch. I don't really brunch. like you very much. We're not yeah. going to brunch. We're not bowling on Wednesday. So yeah, I think I think that's a case of a man in a very difficult situation. Like I, 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 I what the I fuck do you expect me to do? You know, like what? He, I'm well, one what, man. I, I'm a really cool dude. I'm a badass. I'm what he did at the time. History, but what he did at the man. time. The the things that may point to like racism weren't necessarily his actual views he was it was being politically correct at the time he was trying not to he wanted it gone but i think he was very ahead of his time he definitely was he was extremely progressive is that none of us know nobody knows the man there's there's too much misinformation there's too much mythology and we're too far removed through time and evidence that no one knows him and you know what it's probably a little bit of both Maybe he probably was a little bit racist because what you're saying that at that time, and it boggles my mind. But I think you know I think there there had to have been a lot more people that were like, no, this is bullshit. There's no way that everyone, and I think Abraham Lincoln was one of those people. There's no way that everyone like was fooled by that and was like, yeah, I don't look at them as people. Those aren't real tears. Like seriously, no you one. Know, I know what you mean. It's human empathy. Like the, there were people that were invested in business. The people that wrote history were like, "No, nah, fuck that shit." There had to be more people that were like, and I think he was one of those people that was like, "No, that that's a fucking living creature crying." Like what? Even obviously a human being, and yeah. like they didn't even cr- treat them like living creatures, let alone human beings. Like it was. It, I I think. He was ahead of his time, and no one knows. That's my own personal thoughts, and maybe he was a little racist, maybe he was, wasn't. What I'm saying was, what, like, when he made the choice to keep the slavery intact, where it was intact, but not letting it spread, all he could do was say, well, you guys can still have your slaves, you know, because he, the war, the world was breaking apart. The country was breaking apart And again, at the he's time. just one man. Yeah, he, what can he do? He's in charge of so many people, and there's so many other – he's not in charge of everything. There's checks but and But really, if he, if he didn't think that, what you're saying, if he didn't have that empathy, if he wasn't that progressive, the goal of the war would never have changed to freeing the slaves, making sure everybody's equal. He was always looking for an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, and he finally got it Many people later co- in the war. close to him have been quoted as like – I think it was his cousin or something had talked about how they went on a trip the first time he saw slaves and hated it. Even when he was younger, you know, he felt like a slave. How could you not? When I was young, don't get me wrong, this is the bullshit in this society isn't as direct and straightforward as like, that's a human being. Like, I'm going to fucking torture them because I can. That's 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 nothing that direct happened in my lifetime. But like, I could see through bullshit as a kid and I believe that so could people in those times it's such direct straightforward bullshit like, like uh the thought that oh just because he's your father he doesn't know everything about everything yeah and just because that's what the, the world thinks doesn't mean it's necessarily true yeah. so it's a great man great man great man as we talked about abraham lincoln was really depressed definitely felt out of place in his time and in his surrounding culture well if you think about it all the intellectuals, the Da Vinci's, the all the philosophers—they're all. I would consider Abe Lincoln a philosopher of this country. Sure, he, he changed an entire way of living. You know, you're right. He was ahead of his thinking-wise, ahead of his time, just like Aristotle. Or you know, I was like, oh, what an idiot. You know, just like the guy today that's like, we'll be in flying cars. Yeah, one of those first speeches he delivered it i think to congress like as whether or not he should deliver it to the country don't quote me on the exact details i'm saying here look it up yourself but uh after the speech everybody was like 
you can't deliver that speech. No way. And like only one person there was like, hell no, do it. <laughs> yeah, he started the slow clap. And nobody, nobody joined started, it. Nobody like, joined it. Come on, Melissa Joan Hart walks up. <laughs> the one guy in the back of the crowd goes, no, don't clap. Stop it. And they all start clapping. Always <laughs> trying to start the slow clap. And he's like, all right, Mr. Lincoln, with all due respect, I am always trying to start the slow clap. But this time it's different. I really thought this was the time. <laughs> uh, and instead, the, the one guy was like. All you hear is crickets chirping yeah. in the back. Which is pretty much it. And he was like, hell no, this this is ahead of its time, but I say go through it, go for it. If people aren't ready for it, then we'll lift them. We'll elevate them to the spot where they can be ready for it. Fuck that. People aren't ready for it, fuck them. Now, I'm not quoting. I think those might have been his exact words, but I'm not totally sure. It could be closer to a paraphrasing. Yeah, it's a paraphrasing. He definitely said fuck, I'm sure of that. <laughs> well, when you have to emphasize your point, what other word is there? But as we've said, he was very... Very felt out of place, and he was very depressed. A lot of bad things happened to him. So there's this poem. He was a poet. He liked to write poetry. There's a lot of poems that Lincoln wrote. I'm already wet. And there was a uh, poem that appeared in the August Sangamo Journal in Springfield, Springfield, Illinois, in 1838. So Lincoln was almost 30 at this point. Yeah. He was, he was well into his adult years. The, the poem was published anonymously. There's no proof, definitive proof, that it was Lincoln's. But his histographers, historians... Oh, those guys. ...have pretty much settled that there's a pretty good chance it was his. He expressed suicidal thoughts to his friends. One of his best friends told his biographer, uh, William Herndon, that he published a poem in 1838, which is when this poem was published, I guess the details just fit. That had to be it. Like, there were no other candidates. Take a listen to this poem. Do you have the poem on right now? Yes. Okay. So we know a little bit about his life and how we're going to hear a poem that may or may not have been read, written by him, but has probably been written by him. That's the consensus. Before the poem starts, there's a, four, like a line before it which goes... The following lines were said to have been found near the bones of a man supposed to have committed suicide in a deep forest on the flat branch of the Sangamon some time ago. And then the poem begins. Here where the lonely hooting owl sends forth his midnight moans. Fierce wolves shall o'er my carcass growl, or buzzards pick my bones. No fellow man shall learn my fate, or where my ashes lie. Unless by beasts drawn round their bait, or by the raven's cry. Yes, I've resolved the deed to do, and this the place to do it. This heart I'll rush a dagger through, though I in hell should rue it. Hell, what is hell to one like me, who pleasures never knew? By friends consigned to misery, by hope deserted too. To ease me of this power to think that through my bosom raves, I'll headlong leap from hell's high brink and wallow in its waves. Though devils yell and burning chains may waken long regret, their frightful screams and piercing pains will help me to forget. Yes, I'm prepared through endless night to take that fiery birth. Think not with tales of hell to fright me who am damned on earth. Sweet steel, come forth from your sheath, and glistening speak your powers. Rip up the organs of my breath, and draw my blood in showers. I strike, it quivers in that heart which drives me to this end. I draw and kiss the bloody dart, my last, my only friend. That is dark. That is very dark. That sounds like it was... Well, it was written. Sometimes I just mock you. Sometimes you just say something, and I just repeat it like an owl parrot. I've noticed that in the yeah. editing. No, that sounds like something a goth kid would write. Yeah, not a 30-year-old man. But then again, this is a different time. Back then, I don't think poetry like that was so cliche and <laughs> commonplace and norm. Back so, then, this was pretty ballsy and, and deep. For So I guess what you're saying is now, since it's cliche. In this day and age, we'd be like, grow up, dude. Yeah, because there's help out there. But back then, it was, and I, I mean, we've all written some pretty shitty poetry. That wasn't shitty. It wasn't shitty at all. It was well written. It was very well written. It was like 
the thoughts of a goth kid written through an intelligent man. But before <laughs> there was a such thing. Yeah. So he was the real deal. He was the original goth. He really had considered committing suicide and made ballsy claims about hell in a religious-centric society, you know, and, and like, oh, pff, hell, I'm not afraid of that. To think that man became one of the greatest men in history, in U.S. history. It's great. It, I'm glad he did. Yeah. I'm glad he did. I, I feel like I could connect with his type of personality. In high school, I felt like that. Maybe at almost 30, I'm a, I'm a little beyond that. But like I said, at this point, that's passe. So <laughs> so he has said a lot of great things in life, correct? Yes. I figure we're going to start a new segment today, uh, something that's never been done by us before. We're going to play a little game, and I, I like to call it Who Said It? Every time we play this game, it's going to be a little different depending on the topic. I'm going to tell Nathan a quote, and then he's going to tell me if Abraham Lincoln said it or if somebody else said it. And I'll give him bonus points if he can figure out who the somebody else was. Although, vast array of choices out there. So, I might be giving him the answer on that one. But before we get to the game, I did want to say one quote by him. Because it was just so distinguishably by Abraham Lincoln. And I just felt it needs to be said on, on the air today. Whenever I hear anyone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. That's just so badass. Like, oh, you're for slavery? Well, why don't you okay. try it? Sure, yeah. Okay. Right. And, then, and then you know. tell me I, if I it's... Need, I need some work done around the house, so and why then, don't you come over? And then you tell me if it's good or not. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so we're going to start up here. Number one. The first number. The first number in the book. If you don't count zero. You, you got to let that one go. It's already there. Just... Okay, by the way, I'm going to do all these in an honest Abe voice. Do you know why we imagine that voice for Abraham Lincoln? No, I don't. There was... Because it's stoic? Well, you you know there was no way to record his voice back then. We uh we get his voice from a movie. The first movie to ever portray Abraham Lincoln was made in 1908. It was a short film. It was called The Reprieve, an episode in the life of Abraham Lincoln. And... uh that's where we that that vo the voice in that movie evolved to the voice that we now attribute to him. So we don't really know what his voice sounds like, but that's cool though. Did you know he's the uh, third most portrayed person in film? No, I did not. That's if you had to guess, who were the first two? Um, Jane, Silent Bob. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Take a real guess. I'm really interested. I want to see who. You'd that was that was great though. Portrait <laughs> portrayed as in how many times that person has been portrayed in film? Abraham Lincoln is the third most. John Wayne. John Wayne is an actor. Oh, we were so we're actually talking about real people. Abraham Lincoln hasn't been in films. How many times has John Wayne been portrayed on film though? I don't know. He hasn't been portrayed on film that many times. <laughs> I was thinking more, more of how many J movies Abraham he's Lincoln. been. No, yeah. no. You're misunderstanding. How many times has this person been portrayed by anyone on film? Abraham Lincoln has never been in a film. I don't know. Obviously somebody famous, right? Gandhi. Gandhi's the first guess, and who's your second guess? My second guess would be George Washington. No, but I, I credit you for thinking that was it. Jesus Christ and Napoleon Bonaparte. Jesus Christ. How, how could I not get that? Yeah, he's been portrayed... <laughs> Very many times. And then Napoleon Bonaparte, though, I didn't realize. He's ahead of Abraham Lincoln. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? How many? Well, there's been a lot of French films with Napoleon in it, right? Yeah, that's probably true. All right, so number one, the first number. Just think, as such a sucker as me as president. Um. And like I said, I'm going to do them all in my Abe voice. It's a very horrible Abe voice. But. That's cool. Horrible <laughs> impressions are what we specialize in. I hope... I hope we get to hear more. If you guys have any suggestions for horrible impressions, send them to us. You'll hear our contact info at the end. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know, but I'm going to say no. He did say it. He did say that. that I, I believe it. Abraham Lincoln. I believe it. You, you, I just figured, I was like, oh, well, he's going to get this. We were talking about him not really having he, a lot of high confidence in himself. Yeah, best president ever. <laughs> it's like, just think. I could never be president. Sucker no, like you me. are the best president ever, sir. Mr. T's like, I know suckers, and you, you ain't a sucker. <laughs> like I said, bad impressions, we got them by the boatload. You a sucker if you think you a sucker, sucker. A pity the fool that thinks he's a sucker. 
when he Abraham Lincoln. Oh, boy. Thank you, Mr. T. So Abe said that. Who wins, me or you? So that's one point every time I get one wrong yeah. for you? And it's one point for me if I get one right and an extra point if I guess who says it? Absolutely. All right. You get, you're the only one that gets bonus points here. So I should have at least guessed who said that, but I didn't. If you say it's not Abe and it is, you don't get to guess. Number two, if I show up at your door, chances are you did something to bring me there. I'm going to say no. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to say that's Jason Statham in some movie. <laughs> your choice is Jason Statham. No, it's somebody much cooler. Oh, thank God. Mar Martin Blank, who is played by John Cusack in Gross Point Blank. Oh, way cooler. <laughs> way cooler way than Jason Statham. For the next one, you got one point for that, it was, but you one. didn't get the bonus point. Damn it. I knew we should always go with John Cusack. Always when go. In, when, when in, in doubt, doubt, go with John Cusack. The, the times when you see just one pair of footprints, that's when John Cusack was carrying you. Or Jesus. Maybe Jesus. One or the other. Close enough. Napoleon Bonaparte, even. I don't know. Yeah. Number three. It is better to offer no excuse than a bad one. I've heard that before, too. Do I think do that's do a... I'm going to say, yeah, I think it was him. Wrong. Oh, I knew it. You're close, though. It's if I knew it, why did I guess It's it? the but other famous president. The other one? There's two of them. You're right. So it was Obama. He offers excuses left and right. What are we talking about? Okay. It was George Washington. Okay. What number was he? The first number. I'll take it. Okay, cool. So now I'm up two to one. Damn it. If this is coffee, please bring me some tea. If this is tea, please bring me some coffee. What a dick. <laughs> that can't be Abraham Lincoln. No, I'm going to say that was Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Sounds like something he'd say. <laughs> it does? Well, it was actually Abraham Lincoln. Fuck. When are we getting that buddy flick? <laughs> I know, right? Hunter S. Thompson and Abraham Lincoln going tripping the in the Abraham desert. Abraham Lincoln voice sounds more like Hunter S. Thompson, too. So That's oh, pretty cool. Give me some tea. Huh? We're in back country. <laughs> we're trying to play a game here. We're trying to be Abraham Lincoln. Okay, we're going to go with the next one. Force is all-conquering, but its victories are short-lived. Well, that's obviously someone from Star Wars. Is that your final answer? No. I think that was him. I think that was Abe. Yeah, that was him. Finally, I got a point. Finally, you got a point. Bring it closer, three to two. The next one, this, this is a good one. It's just the three of us. You, me, and this brick wall you've built between us. That was Ross on Friends. <laughs> Did he, <laughs> he was talking to Rachel. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I don't know enough about Friends. But you know Ross and Rachel, right? Ross and Rachel had a nice little love life. Um, That's all you he would know. <laughs> well, first, when they were in high school, Ross was deeply in love with Rachel, who was best friends with his sister, and he was always attracted to her, and they always stayed friends. And then he finally got with her, and then they broke up. And then they got back together. Then they broke up. And then she was having Joey's baby or something. I don't know. You don't know a lot about friends. I watch them here and there. Yeah, okay. So is that your answer, Ross, from Friends? Ross Geller. From Friends. I don't really think it's David him, but Schwimmer. yes, I don't know who it is, but I think it's not Abe. Well, you're right. It's not Abe, but it's somebody else. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Oh, God. It's SpongeBob said that? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like, like SpongeBob, but that's awesome that he would say something so dramatic. <laughs> I know Abraham Lincoln had a soft spot for Krabby Patties. Well, who doesn't? It's now three to three. Mo moving on. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test his character, give him power. I think I'm going to go with that's Abe. That is correct. Very well. Now you're, you're winning, four to three. I feel in the depths of my soul that it is the highest, most sacred obligation to preserve the union of these states, although it may cost me my life. Yeah, that's Abraham Lincoln. Wrong. It's not. It is not. I don't know. It was like a made-for-TV movie. It was Andrew Jackson. Oh, okay. He said it in a made-for-TV movie, though? No, he said it in real life, but it was made for a made-for-TV movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was made in real life, but it could have been in a made-for-TV movie. Touche. Last question. So it's a four to three now? No, it's four to four. Four to four. Last question. When I do good, I feel good. And when I do bad, I feel bad. That is my religion. Sounds like something the Buddha would say. 
Sounds like something the Dalai Lama would say or somebody Buddhist. Abraham Lincoln had very progressive religious views, so I wouldn't put it past him either. He, uh, it's not. I think I, I've heard this quote before, and you know what? I think it was, uh, I think it was someone in pop culture, actually. Someone in pop culture. Well, you're kind of right on that. Like a musician or something. So you're going to go with no and give, like, what, you 2 No. I'm going to say Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, huh? I don't think that's it, but best I can come up with right now. Well, your answer no with Bob Dylan is the bonus point. While it being a tied score means that I win. That was Abraham Lincoln. But just kind of creating a foundation of how badass and progressive he was. It's pretty awesome. That is a pretty awesome quote. It's a good way to live. So, I lost. Alright, so we got one more thing that we're going to leave you guys with in closing. Uh, some of you guys may have already heard about this. I was very surprised to hear, Craig, that you are not aware of the Lincoln and Kennedy coincidences. Well, I'm aware that they were both presidents and they were both assassinated. That's one of them, I guess. Um, yes. There's a whole lot more to it. Now, doubt has been cast on some of these since they've been held as fact. A few of them as have been shown up to be embellishments. So, before we get into this, would you say that if you believed in reincarnation that JFK was Lincoln? No. Okay. Moving don't on. think so. No, sir, I don't think so. <laughs> no, sir. That's not right. I could never have such an honor. I just bang girls. I can do a pretty banging impression, though. Check it out. Boy, I, I scored uh, seven years ago. <laughs> All right, enough with the bad impressions. Both of the presidents were elected to the presidency in the 60th year, 1860, 1960. Both presidents were elected to the House of Representatives in the 46th year, 1819. Both were runner-ups for the party's nomination for vice president in 56. Both their vice presidents and successors were Southern Democrats named Johnson, who were born in 08. Now you're just starting to get scary. These are some freaky coincidences. Both presidents were concerned with the problems of black Americans and made their views strongly known in 63. Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, which became a law in 1863. In 1963, Kennedy presented his reports to Congress on civil rights, and the same year was the famous March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Wow. Progression. Both presidents were shot in their heads. Both presidents were shot from behind. Both presidents were shot in presence of their wives. Both presidents were shot on a Friday and both presidents were accompanied by another couple. The couple that was driving the car? <laughs> they didn't have a car back then, Craig. I'm talking about JFK. I don't know. This is a, the male companion of the other couple was wounded by the assassin, though. So perhaps... Well, JFK, he was killed in a parade, wasn't he? The bullet hit that him, too? Uh, both of them had a son die during their presidency. I think Abraham Lincoln had two sons die, didn't he? I don't uh, remember. One was before his presidency, I think. Okay. Uh, Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater. Kennedy was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald in a Lincoln automobile made by Ford. <laughs> nice. Uh, Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. This has been disproven. That's not true. And supposedly they told him not to go to the theater. But Kennedy did have a secretary named Evelyn Lincoln who warned him not to go to Dallas. But the part about Kennedy, uh, Lincoln having a similar secretary is embellishment. Oh, really? That's a shame. That would have been that would have been eerie. Yeah, that's been a part of this like cultural meme, like pre-internet memes since for a long time. Colonial memes. Hell's yeah. Uh, both presidents' last names have seven letters. Both presidents have five syllables in their full name. There are six letters in each Johnson's first name. There's what? Six Johnsons in the first name? Six Johnsons in your mouth. <laughs> six letters I, I in each Johnson's first name. John Wilkes Booth ran from a theater to a warehouse. Lee Harvey Oswald ran from a warehouse to a, to a theater. 
Uh, both assassins were killed before they could be put on trial. Both assassins have three-word, 15-letter names. Both of them were in their late 30s, the assassins. Both assassins sympathized with organizations that were adversarial to the, art, to the United States. Both assassins were killed within the same calendar month before they could be put on trial. And both assassins were killed in states located immediately west of their states of birth. Those are the Kennedy-Lincoln coincidences now whoa my this is another mind-blowing moment i just that's very eerie a lot of those things are very eerie some of those are uh strike me as you can find coincidences with anything you try hard enough to. yeah but like some the third sunday or the second monday is yeah 23 23 all right so i think that wraps up our fourth of july special Make sure you tune in next Wednesday. We're going to do an episode about the NBC show community. I almost said hit show, but to me it's a hit, personally. It's a hit with a lot of people. I don't know if it's... if it's uh, Official hit. Yeah. Legit mainstream hit. Too legit to quit. Close friend of both of ours and pop artist Tommy Lincoln will be joining us here in the secret room. Uh, talk a little about his art, which you can check out at itommy.net. And he's going to hang out with us, talk about community with us, and about his stuff, that he, his work that he does. So definitely tune in for that. And in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, if you have any burning questions in your soul, if you have any suggestions for episodes or for any purpose whatsoever, you can find us on all major media sites. I, Nathan, prefer you get a hold of us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash fairpointpodcast. But you can also get a hold of us on Twitter. Which would be me at at the Craig Lewis and at Nathan Capacer. For me, of course. For Nathan, of course. Not for both of them aren't for me. And you could check out some snips and commercials on our YouTube page at youtube.com backslash Fairpoint Podcast. And of course you can always email us the old fashioned way on the old fashioned email website, fairpointpodcast at yahoo dot com. Don't make fun of us because we still use Yahoo. Hey, who doesn't like a good old fashioned once in a while? For this week's episode of Fairpoint, I'm Nathan Capisser. And I'm Craig Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. Glad you asked. There's a there's a word you're missing from there. It's am. I glad you asked. Use your words, Craig. Ham. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs>